Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me on the Word Podcast. Uh, again, I remind you, if you can, uh, you know, speak about this time with friends and folks, family, uh, show them how to use a podcast. I know sometimes people are rather frightened over new technology, but I think once they see uh, what you can do and what you can listen to with all sorts of people, it's amazing. Uh, they'll find it to be very, very beneficial. Uh, we are in the book of Ezra, <clears throat> and yeah, we took a little deviation away from John for a moment. I thought we'd do it two or three days. I think it's going to be several more than that, but that often happens. And we're looking at how to pray on behalf of a nation, okay? What we are to do, because uh, every one of us live in nations that are undergoing challenges right now, okay? And so we've looked at Daniel 9, and we may go look at that again in more detail, I don't know. But we're looking at Ezra 9, and you remember what happened? Ezra had received word of what the people had done. And there was one particular thing that uh, had brought the attention of everybody, and that is that they had intermarried with people they should not have intermarried with, and they corrupted the nation of Israel because of that. So you remember Ezra's response. He uh, tore his garments, his cloak, he fasted, and then he laid there appalled for a day. At the end of the day, he arose, and he, sp he was on his knees, and he spread out his hands before God. So he's bowing before God with his hands spread out, with his head down. And he declared uh, that he's ashamed. And he blushes. He's too embarrassed to even lift up his face to God because of the iniquities that they had done, uh, that the iniquities that their fathers had done, uh, their kings, their priests, and that they had uh, been plundered because of that, they'd been taken off captivity because of that. And God was totally right, and he was totally righteous in all that he had done because of what they had done. So Ezra is acknowledging that. And then he also acknowledged that for a brief moment, that they had found a peg in the holy place. In other words, God had brought them back, had brought a remnant back, and had extended his love. And he had extended his steadfast love, and he did it through the kings of Persia. The kings of Persia were the ones that released him. And that God had granted them some reviving and to repair the, the ruins of the temple and to repair the ruins of the city and to give them protection. Now, verse 10, Ezra is saying this, And now... Oh, our God, what shall we say after this? In other words, after all this good stuff you have done for us, what shall we say? Then he says this, For we have forsaken your commandments, verse 11, which you commanded by your servants to prophets. And you, th you say, well, what commandments? There were a bunch of them. Well, here's what the one in particular. In verse 11, The land that you are entering, to take possession of it, is a land impure with the impurity of the peoples of the land, with their abominations that have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. <clears throat> so he's, God was telling them, and he told them many, many years before, this land is impure, okay, with abominations on it. Because of that, verse 12, <clears throat> Therefore, do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters for your sons and never seek their peace or prosperity. You may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. I'll tell you what, that verse 12 right there is loaded. 
and we've talked about this a little before. He says, okay, don't take your daughters, don't give your daughters to their sons. Don't take their sons for your daughters. But then this, never seek their peace or prosperity. The people of this land, they were to never, ever seek their peace. They weren't to seek prosperity. In other words, they, they weren't to seek peace treaties between them. Why? Well, he tells us point blank. Here's why. That you may be strong and eat the good of the land. He says, if you want to be strong, if you want to eat the good of this land, then the last part, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever, then this is what you need to do. Israel has not done that to this day. Now, we're going to see in Israel right here that they're going to repent. Okay, I'll tell you the end of the story. They're going to repent, and they're going to make some changes, and they're going to do some things. But even to this day, Israel still is seeking peace and prosperity of those that the Lord told them not to seek the peace and prosperity of. And because of that, they're not as strong, and they're not eating the goodness of the land that they could. And the inheritance of their children forever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how that's going to work out. Okay, Verse 13, And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve and have given us such a remnant as this. Let me stop in the middle of the sentence right here. He's acknowledging all through here that they have been punished, yes, but he says that you've punished us less than our iniquities deserve. God's grace was in the midst of the punishment. It could have been worse because they deserved much worse. And aside from that, that God has given them a remnant now, and they're a part of this remnant. So he's given us such a remnant as this, verse 14. Shall we break your commandment again and intermarry with people who practice these abominations? Notice they were intermarrying with people who practice these abominations. <clears throat> now, there's a question that arises, which we're not going to get into much detail right now, uh, but sometimes we want to know, well, would it be possible for these people who practice these things to set aside those practices and become a part of those who believe in Yahweh? You see examples of that in Scripture. Okay, you see examples of that where they repented and confessed and they called upon the Lord and they became a part of the people of Israel. And what we're seeing right here, though, are people who are practicing these abominations. Okay, this is their pattern and practice of behavior. They're practicing these abominations. They were not setting aside these abominations. And these abominations had already led even King Solomon astray. Okay? And so they were not seeking to come and integrate and be a part of the Holy Seed and the nation of Israel. No, 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 no. They wanted to retain their pagan practices. So what Ezra is saying is, shall we break your commandments again? And then, he, then he asked another question. Would you not be angry with us until you consumed us so that there should be no remnant nor any escape? He's saying, God, we've already seen what happens with this. We've already experienced it. The northern kingdom is still off in captivity. The southern kingdom was in captivity seven year, 70 years and is now returned. Are we going to go back to the same practice and the same behavior that caused this? Now, verse 15. The last verse, Ezra 9, the last one we'll look at today. O Lord, the God of Israel, you are just, for we are left a remnant that has escaped as it is today. Behold, 
We are before you in our guilt, for none can stand before you because of this. And he's saying, you know what, Lord, we're guilty. There's people who've actually done this. They are guilty. We who have not done it, we're guilty because we have allowed it. We are a people who have not walked in your holiness and have not walked in your commandments. And all we can do is just stand before you and say, we are guilty before you. You know what? I think that describes, I know it describes our nation. I think it describes a lot of people who profess to be believers who are not really believers. They're religionists. They're playing the role. It even describes people who are truly saved, and yet we have not kept the commandments, or we haven't brought the commandments and the truth of the Lord before the people saying, this is the way we're to live. This is the life of holiness that the Lord's called us to. And we've just sort of been wishy-washy about it and mealy-mouthed about it. The Lord will hold us accountable. Tell you what, in the next episode, we will see how the people responded. You'll see it over in Ezra chapter 10. Until then, y'all keep pressing on, and I'll see you next time.